We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charge podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. Excited to talk about some of the combine takeaways from today, as well as jump into the uh, 2023 running back class with my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Boy, I am tired. Just wrapped up the Ed TPA this week, or at least the filming part of it after the planning part of it, after the planning for the planning part of it. So now I have to do the whole writing and commentary part of it. But it's going very, very well, and my kids were fantastic. Speaking of which, today, my kids on their own found out that Mr. Shoon has a podcast that covers the Chargers. <laughs> so if you go to Corona Del Mar High School, hello, how are you? Thanks for listening. I know even Telesco's kid has listened to us at one point. So hey, you know, hello, everyone at CDM. I don't even know if you knew there's a YouTube channel. I don't know why I just said that, because now you're going to go look. But I hope you're doing well. <laughs> go study yeah there you go it's uh you know makes things uh working in education when you have uh good students it makes things so much easier um my wife is a teacher and she had a a great class doing her ed tpa um you know my uh sister-in-law did not have a great class when she did her ed tpa and it was kind of a nightmare so uh definitely makes all the difference in the world um definitely been a long week for me as well um all of the fafsa and cal grant stuff for counselors is due this mm. week so uh it's been a long week and then had to get home today and did some uh manual labor around the house uh not around the house outside of the house i should say for some yard work so it's been a been a long day for me as well but uh, a fun day for sure 
what's the weather situation for you guys right now? Uh, it's been dry. It's supposed to rain on Saturday, which is why we're supposed to, we're, we've been trying to do this, uh, project in our backyard. We're getting uh, a fountain. So we're laying some decomposed nice. granite in the backyard for the space to kind of be able to hold the fountain. So it's been, uh, been a long couple of days doing some, uh, some outside projects, uh, you know, beauty of uh, home ownership. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That is the best physical performance uh, of the day, it seems. <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> uh, my back is so sore after doing this, man. I'm like, oh, like I don't use these muscles enough anymore. So it's been a, been a long day. But, uh, you know, here to uh, talk about some uh, great stuff, man. We got uh, the combine is, is in full swing. Obviously, the edge rushers, defense alignment and linebackers uh, are doing their uh, thing today in Indianapolis. And we'll get some defensive backs tomorrow as well and then we'll get the offensive uh, performances and, and some special teams as well so um that is of course the physical testing we'll talk about some of that we do of course have to start about the uh media takeaways from brandon staley and tom telesco and their appearances uh across you know the pat mcafee show pff and good morning football as well so um, not a ton of takeaways in terms of like concrete strategies or stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we started our off season content talking about the biggest question mark of the off season being Keenan Allen, uh, and Tom Telesco, you know, and Brandon Staley, but mostly Tom Telesco, uh, talked quite a bit about Keenan Allen's future with the chargers. Um, you know, Tom Telesco, you know, even comparing him to Charlie Joyner and Andre Reed saying he's not going anywhere. Uh, Keenan Allen promptly responding by uh, posting the video that the Chargers social media page uh, posting his own rendition with the uh, I'm not going fucking anywhere with the Wolf on Wall Street rendition, which I thought was uh, was a nice touch. So uh, Tyler, it seems like we're headed towards some resolution on the Keenan Allen front. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there after hearing Tom Telesco and, and what he had to say about Keenan Allen? It's a mix of things because when we talked about this, the last time we talked about Keenan Allen and talked about the big question marks, you asked, you know, what percent likelihood do you think it is that he stays? And I said, uh, 100%. And I was, I was pretty, of course, as soon as the show ended, I went, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said 100%. <laughs> um, but Hey, I guess it works out for one more year. What really surprised me was how committed it seemed they were to him. And almost like in a, I mean, maybe you're sort of playing it in the media sort of way. Like, Hey, like, you know, we're going to bat for you for sure. Like, we're going to keep you, but also, like, we're going to let everybody know that we want you. But, I mean, it was it was the Chargers social media team. It was the way Tom Telesco talked about him. It was what Keenan Allen posted. And even Justin Herbert, I think, like, commented on it as well on Instagram or social media or whatever, made some little brief reference to Keenan Allen staying and what he posted. So even though I believe that he was 100% going to stay, I didn't expect that sentiment, which to me, considering the situation really brings the idea of either an extension or maybe him being restructured or something um, into play, which I, I wasn't sure. You know, you have two guy, two receivers that, you know, their money ends when Herbert's money is going to really kick in and begin. So, you know, not really sure how they're going to play that. But, I mean, based on how important he is to Justin Herbert, you know, how much we had heard throughout the season, how much happier Justin Herbert was because Keenan Allen was out there because of the commitment from anyone from social media to Herbert to Telesco to Staley and Keenan himself, it really feels like we're not just headed for Keenan Allen staying, but maybe we're headed for some sort of extension here, which could help out the Chargers big time this year. 
Yeah, you know, we were messaging back and forth and, you know, we both had the same thought there that like this didn't sound like, I mean, it was great that they were talking about Keenan Allen and, and, and sticking around, right? But it didn't sound like just like, hey, like we're not trading him. It, it did sound like, hey, some kind of contract resolution is coming here. Maybe that's a pay cut. Maybe that's a restructure. Maybe that's an extension like you're talking about. Um, and I agree with that. Like the two of us, you know, messaged back and forth in our in our group chat with Arjun. We're like, hey, so what is it? What would an extension look like for Keenan Allen? And Arjun's busy doing his own thing. He didn't have like the time to sit down and do a, a mock up here. But you know, the the Chargers could effectively do the same kind of cap clearing by restructuring him that an extension would provide. So you know, doing an extension with Keenan Allen, I mean, depends exactly how you would work that. Is it a two-year extension? Is it a three-year extension? But very similar concept to what we talked about with Arjun with Austin Eckler, right? Like you are able to maybe give him a, a bigger signing bonus right now and push some of that money to 2024, 2025. Maybe, add, maybe one of the years is a void year. I mean, Tom Telesco hasn't really done the whole void year concept just yet, um, but that would be another good option for them to, you know, be able to have some flexibility there. So, um I think doing an extension for Keenan Allen makes sense. Like he showed down the stretch of last season uh, that he still is, is able to play at a high level. And if you're confident that, you know, he's not going to have any injury concerns going down the road that you, that you think his game will age really well, then doing an extension would make sense. Even if it's just a one year extension, right? Like they did with Denzel Perryman back in the day. So it, this is, I think good news on the cap front because, you know, we were kind of, doing the restructure numbers and it's like, Oh my gosh, like these numbers get really high in 2024 for these, you know, older players. But if you're able to attack on even just with that one more year for the chargers, I think that really is, would give them a lot of flexibility for, you know, the, the Justin Herbert extension era. Yeah. I mean, is Keenan Allen going to be his peak, you know, at some point? No, but at the same time, you almost feel like you're seeing this potential for an upswing here because you know, as long as he stays healthy, there's nothing about the numbers when he was on the field that suggest, oh, here's the cliff. Like, here we go. Yeah. No, this is a very, very good player who has insane chemistry with the quarterback. So them making this deal with the particular skill set that they have, you know, can you have two guys making a ton of money through Herbert's entire contract? No, unlikely that's going to happen. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm not saying these are the same players. You know, the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill. But they did have Travis Kelsey. And even if they decide to get rid of, you know, Mike Williams down the line next year, who knows? You know, maybe he's banged up again. They just have to move on because somebody has to go at some point. Keenan Allen or Justin Herbert still needs a guy. And in a class that's not so great, when you're cap strapped as is, there's no immediate play at wide receiver one where it's like, we're going to go get Herbert's new guy in round one. I don't really feel confident about that. There's yeah. nobody in free agency, especially with the money they have where we can say, okay, they're going to go get Herbert's new guy. No, it's not going to happen. Right now they have a guy, a guy that he loves, and I'm happy with them committing to them, you know, to him for at least another year or so. I, I, you know, I don't want it this to be some long-term extension. I'm sure there's a very smart out in here, like you talked about with the Austin Eckler contract. We figured, you know, maybe a, a two, three-year extension, but it's really like a one-more-year extension. But right. It's still beneficial for both sides. So I'm all for it. I really am. Yeah, I think this would make sense. And, you know, talking about the, the draft class and this being the combine and things like that, like, I, I think if this wide receiver draft class were last year's class or the year before that class, I think you are having a different conversation about Keenan Allen and his future. Or maybe you're having a different conversation about Mike Williams, right? But 
this receiver class is not the class to say, hey, let's go get our future wide receiver one here at 21 because I just, I just don't think that is the case with this with this group. And that doesn't mean you're not going to improve the offense. That doesn't mean you're not going to improve the wide receiver room and the talent and the depth because that's the thing that people keep saying is like, well, this isn't the group to take a wide receiver, but what about the depth? Well, you can take a Tyler Scott in round two. You can take a Trey Palmer in round three. You know, we haven't done a full mm-hmm. wide receiver episode yet, but to me, the value of this receiver class is on day two. And you're still able to go out and get a speed threat to, to really kind of open some things up and accomplish the, accomplish the same kind of thing that drafting in Jalen Hyatt would be in the first round. So I know people, there's a lot of people on in our channel, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, who will say you have to take a wide receiver in round one this year. And I just, I would push back on that. I think this is not the class to do that kind of thing. And you don't need mm-hmm. to. And, you know, a part of this is also Tom Telesco, including Josh Palmer, like this front office, this coaching staff loves Josh Palmer. And I think, you know, if you want to look at his 2022 season and say, you know, he didn't really rise to the occasion and become a wide receiver one, I think that's fine. But he was drafted in the third round. He wasn't drafted to be a wide receiver one. He was drafted to be a really solid number three, number two in a pinch. And I think he is that. And so, like, they can add to the room without drafting somebody in the first round because they really like Keenan. He's going to be around because they really like Mike Williams because he's and he's going to be around. And same thing with Josh Palmer. So, I just think drafting a wide receiver four in the first round is probably not smart roster building. Yeah, I, it would. I'll have to go through this wide receiver class. This is the one thing I can't say for sure yet because I have not sat down and watched and graded, you know, twelve guys. And I know who the random speed threat in the sixth round is going to be, (laughs) um, which the Patriots will take in the second round, I guess, this year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I understand the desperate need for a speedy receiver. But what I've heard from, you know, one player in the building and what Eckler has said as well, of course you want just more than a track star out there, of, of course. But the sentiment was really just like the offense could be so much better if we just had guys with speed. Yeah. Um, again, you want to look for more complete players. I believe Staley has talked about that as much. Like, we can't just have a speed guy. He's got to be able to run at least enough routes for us to feel comfortable. But, you know, I, I just would, I would hate to reach on the third wide receiver in a class that really isn't their best player available when one of these fantastic edge rushers that's blowing up the combine is sitting there. Or, you know, if one of these tight ends, well, I guess Kincaid's not going to blow up the combine, but if he does, you know, do drills at his pro day or something, you know, there's so many great players, it seems, that are going to be that that are far and away maybe the best player available over a wide receiver. And if you could snatch one of those round one grade guys and then just find right on day two, you know, that sweet spot of receivers like you've been talking about. That's the way to go. Yes, of course. Like I want speed. We all, everybody here, wants speed on this team. We said as much last year. We took one guy, two guys, three guys. Yeah. You know who knows at different points. I just don't want them to force it in round one because the draft is longer than just the first round. Yes, the better players are probably in round one for receivers, but I could say that they're even better players at other positions. So, you know, just hang in there and pray that Telesco. If they don't take a guy in round one, that's cool. Just pray that, you know, he doesn't forget the other six <laughs> rounds again. Yes, absolutely in favor of them drafting a receiver at some point in the first three rounds. 
whether that's the second round, the third round is cool with me. Um, you know, and I think that's really where the value is. I think this, the depth of this receiver class is, is fantastic. There's a lot of great speed threats out there. Um, you know, I, I didn't even mention Jaden Reed, who I'm a big, big fan of. So I just, I just don't really see the point in, in saying, you know, this is a wide receiver in round one or we, or we riot for the chargers kind of draft from that. And that's just not what this draft class is. Like if this were last year and there's a Chris Olave and a Garrett Wilson and a Drake London and all these guys, hundred percent, I would only, I would totally understand that with this class, with that class. But you know, this class is just not that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there from a Brandon Staley perspective and we'll move on here and get to the running back class in a second. But from a Brandon Staley perspective, one thing that he has continued to talk about is the run game. And this is not something that he just talked about for the hiring of the offensive coordinator. Like this is going to be a theme of the draft class and listening to him talk about the run game this week at the combine made me think of two specific players, because I don't think it's necessarily like offensive line related, but it made me think of Darnell Washington. And it made me think of Bijan Robinson who are two athletic freaks mm -hmm who could really do a lot of damage for the Chargers run game. Darnell Washington basically is a six offensive lineman, far and away the best blocking tight end in this class. Um, I think 21 would be a bit reach for me personally, because I just don't see that receiving upside. Yeah. But Bijan Robinson, like we'll see what exactly happens there because he could, I wouldn't be surprised if he were top 10 pick. I wouldn't be surprised if he fell past the, past the Chargers just because he's a running back. But I, I'm going to be so curious what this team does because Tom Telesco has constantly said like, Hey, we're a best player available team. And listen, man, if Bijan yeah. Robinson is there at 21, he will be the best player available. Mm -hmm. So it's just gonna be really interesting because Brandon Staley, he seems so committed to solving the run game, but is Tom Telesco going to, you know, have the balls essentially to say, Hey, like, let's take a running back at 21 uh, because he's the best player available. Uh, so what was the specific quote or like kind of sentiment from Staley? What was he specifically talking about when those two players came to mind? Um, so he was asked several times by a bunch of different shows about like, how do you make sure that next playoff push comes that you don't give up that kind of lead, that you're able to really get over the hump. And the two areas that he consistently talked about were the run game on offense, then getting off the field on defense and being able to make stops on third down specifically. So, um, just the way like that he has talked about becoming like a more physical team, marrying the run in the pass. I think Bijan is, is a stronger possibility than, than a lot of people would, uh, think at this point, unless your name is Bucky Brooks, Bucky Brooks has, has had them taking Bijan Robinson in both of his mock drafts for some reason. <laughs> I, I would just be curious. I mean, I guess it is the whole running back thing to me. You look at the edge rushers, you can cluster some guys, even though maybe they're not even round one guys, but you can see like a tier where it would make sense. With this running back group, it's just he just seems like the unicorn of the group. You know, mm -hmm. is he a generational prospect? I don't I don't think so, but like he's far and away. I guess spoiler alert, B. John Robinson's my running back one. <laughs> but um yeah, that would be interesting. If he if he were there at 21, you know, if if you're a best player available team, I I really do think. I really do think if it comes down to best player available, assuming someone like Nolan Smith is gone for the Chargers, because I assume today, after today for sure he's gone, it really just feels like Kincaid, Mayer, and, and Bijan, if he's there, that really does feel like their best player available. Like I, I don't see the Chargers having one of these receivers 
outside of maybe a slot guy, which I wouldn't get them taking because they just that just wouldn't happen. To me, it just seems like one of these tight ends or Bijan would be their best player available, not one of these wide receivers. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that, and and I guess to an ex, a certain you know extent, like maybe Michael Mayer could be somebody that the Chargers would be really interested. In. I mean, to me, he's like I the, think they would be the most well-rounded tight end. Apparently, he's been crushing the the interview circuit at the yep. combine. So, um, I think that he's a really good prospect. I mean, just because I have obviously Dalton higher doesn't mean I don't like Michael Mayer. So. Michael Mayer would be a, a fantastic pick for them too. I think that that's is somebody who also would really help the run game as well. So um, it, it's hard for me to look at this potential group that the Chargers could be picking from and feel bad about a pick. Like I think even the receiver class, even though I'm not high on it, like even if you go get Jalen Hyatt or Isaiah yeah. Flowers, you know, I would totally understand that, right? I think that would be mm-hmm. a really good pick. I think just that I would prefer an edge rusher or a tight end personally. And then if Bijan is there, man, like I, I'd have a very hard time passing that up. Is he? Is your highest graded prospect so far? He is. Yes, Bijan Robinson right now has the highest grade in this class, and that's higher than Will Anderson. Uh, I haven't really decided what to do with Will Car- uh, Jalen Carter just yet because of that whole situation that happened at the combine yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we'll see what happens from a legality standpoint, if I'm even going to bother putting a grade on him. But um, yeah, Bijan Robinson, I've said this a couple of times on Twitter, but uh, Bijan has the highest grade I've given out of anybody over the last four years, not named Panay Sewell. So uh, <laughs> like, I do think that Bijan Robinson is a generational running back. Wow. Okay. I mean, he's excellent. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I don't know what to label generational anymore. No, somebody was like, oh, I think Dalton Kincaid's a generational tight end. I'm like, I love Dalton. <laughs> Let's calm down, though. <laughs> we throw generational around way too often. Like, I think if you're a generational prospect, you've got to be, like, truly top-notch, like, best of mm-hmm. the last five years minimum. And I think that is the case for B. John Robinson. It's obviously not the case for Dalton because, I mean, Kyle Pitts exists. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> All right, Tyler, any other uh, takeaways from the media tour? We'll, we'll, we'll dive into some player takeaways at a different time, I think. But um, any other takeaways from Tom, Tom Telesco and uh, Brandon Staley's media tours? Uh, nope. That's most of it right there. I mean, once the Keenan Allen news, news, quote unquote, news broke, that was the big story. So, nope, covered it all. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Sounds good. 
All right, so we're going to dive into this uh, running back class here today. Um, you know, this is an exciting group, I think, at least from a, a top five perspective. Um, you know, I do think if the Chargers wanted to draft a running back, I do think you probably got to do it in the first four rounds with this group. Um, so we'll uh, we'll start diving in here. Um, once Tyler uh, is able to get the uh, sheet up on the screen, we'll uh, get to the, the rankings here. So um tyler you did not have a uh just missed here but uh i will put mine up here and that is going to be let me get to the sheet myself that is going to be mr kenny mcintosh from georgia talk about all these georgia players making this making these okay. rankings so whoa <laughs> oops right, um so screen. kenny mcintosh I, I think he's very limited as a runner i don't think he's necessarily somebody you draft as an RB one, but I think he's got such an elite third down uh, stability or floor to him that I, I think if Kenny McIntosh were the running back who played the longest in of this group, I would not be surprised to me. He's kind of like a James white player who could, mm-hmm. could really be a slot receiver if he really wanted to um, his receiving upside is just so, so high. Um, I mean, he can run all the choice routes. He can threaten you vertically from the backfield, from the slot. He's, he's a fantastic ball tracker as well. Um, and he's really good in, in pass protection. I think to me, he's probably uh, probably the second best pass protector that I, I watched of this group behind somebody who, who was else on this list. But mm-hmm. um, again, very limited as a runner. He's, he's kind of a, a, what I call a point and shoot running back where it's like if the, the hole or the gap is not like very clearly defined, he's, there's not a lot of like, creativity behind the line of scrimmage there's not a lot of like elusive play behind the line of scrimmage like he's not somebody that's gonna like create his way to some some high-end production but what he's able to do as a receiver and a pass protector i think gives him a very high floor so um for that purpose uh kenny mcintosh is my just missed running back of this class no that's a great one um he's a player with what 500 receiving yards which is so yeah. unlike most of the guys in this class, or at least on the list of the guys that I watched, because that's like three of these players, you know, receiving <laughs> contributions combined. Yeah. Um, he's definitely going to get those James Cook comparisons because yeah. he came from Georgia and the receiving option. Um, and I definitely do see, you know, some similarities there. I think James Cook was maybe the better downfield receiving option, at least at Georgia. I felt like he was used a bit more vertically. Uh, but McIntosh, I was surprised because when I was doing the the stats based composite rankings before watching the film, the yards, you know, with with contact or after contact weren't so great. And I don't think like his film was great either, but I thought he was a bit more like underrated in that aspect than I would have expected. So um yeah, the, the way that Georgia was able to use him and get him outside and do different things at all, you know, outside the tackles and whatnot, uh, motion guy, a receiver, a screen, a wide receiver screen, you name it. Um, you get him outside and he's got this really great knack for making guys miss. So if the Chargers just wanted to go with a pure receiving option, which technically they don't really have um, yeah. something. I mean, they do obviously with Austin Eckler, but in that rotation, I don't know if they feel like they trust, you know, Isaiah Spiller with that yet. They should, but they clearly don't. Um, someone like McIntosh, especially if he can block, you say he's the second best pass protector. I don't have a hierarchy or, or tier ranking in my head. But I'm sure that goes a long way with someone like, you know, Ryan Ficken and talking about special sure. teams. So if that's kind of the name of his game and he's great at being a receiving option, um, if he can return kicks, all that, I love it. 
Yeah, he, he definitely can return kicks. Um, he's not the best kick returner of this running back group, but he, he's he's very good at it. Um, and I agree for the Chargers. Like, I think if they do have some faith in Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller, you know, becoming those those second and third, like, true runners, then somebody like Kenny McIntosh, I think, would be a, a good pick because of that special teams ability, because of his receiving ability. Just gives them some more speed as well, which I think is, is obviously desperately needed. Uh, so did he make your list? Yes, he's actually number eight for me. Okay. <laughs> so All right. Made what, the list. What no, about... I just talked about him bullshitted the entire thing. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Who's uh, seven and six for you? All right. Number seven is Zach Evan... Evans from... Uh, ah, screw it. Ole Miss. There you go. He's just right the Mississippi. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the number six, I have Roshan Johnson from Texas. Man, what are they doing at Texas with these running backs? They get these guys to just line up yeah. and do whatever. I mean, you talk about two backs uh, as a fullback, as an outside perimeter receiver, as a, a you know, running wildcat. I mean, this guy like faked the handoff and then hurdled a Baylor defender on the way to the end zone as a you know as a quarterback in wildcat. So, what an interesting, fascinating player. One of the big standout traits is his ability to work through contact after contact. I was struggling to find guys that. I felt really were able to be like that, the, you know, the bigger back and, um, or at least act like that bigger back. And I thought Roshan Johnson did an excellent job with that. So, um, obviously with a lot of the guys on this list, kind of like Macintosh too, in a different way, you don't see a ton of snaps, you know, someone like the, the running back from UCLA, it's just like two, three years of just like 1500 yards or whatever it is. And hundreds and hundreds of carries, you yeah. don't have as much Intel about someone like Johnson, but watching what he's able to do and what they asked him to do in the variety of roles, you really feel like, you know, maybe you're not going to have him do all those things in the NFL, but with his ability to do so many things and with his ability to work through contact, which I believe in this class was third in yards after contact per attempt of the yeah. 16 guys I have ranked or 17 guys I have ranked. That's a really, really great balance there. Yeah. And he doesn't have a ton of tread on his tires, right? Like he, he's coming into the league. Yeah. He's not got a ton of wear and tear on his body. So um, my favorite thing about Roshan Johnson is actually like his work with outside zone, I think is so, mm -hmm. so good. Like I think he's built as, cause he's a bigger guy. He's built as like this, like ground and pound running back. I actually don't think that's what he's best at. Like, I think you, you get Roshan into an outside zone scheme where he's able to work up to full speed. And then once he hits the line of scrimmage, man, he's so tough to tackle. Mm -hmm. because he's so big and also because he's so fast i'm very curious to see what he uh runs this week if he is able to run but you know i i, I think he's more than just like a big bruising back i think he has actually totally. some really great speed to him uh thomas martinez is actually pointing out you know he had 500 plus special team snaps in his career at texas mm -hmm. to me he is the best pass blocking pass blocking running back of this group so um roshan johnson somebody is, is somebody i think would be a fantastic pick for the chargers i don't think he's really in the draft range because i think to me you probably got to take him in the in the third round and i just don't know if that's like where they probably want to um but roshan johnson i'm a big fan of so um i didn't necessarily i watched a little bit of zach evans what kind of made him stand out to you it was the combination of well, really the two stats so from arjun it was let me see if i could find it well not that the stats made the grade but uh fourth and explosive run rate and sixth and breakaway run rate it's more of just like a slightly 
more solid build than someone like a Macintosh as a runner at like he's like, like 215 or something. But Macintosh is pretty tall. Like he's pretty, or not tall, but he's taller than some of these guys. He's not exactly a small scat back. Um, but Evans just the breakaway rate, the ability to get and score like massive big runs. I thought that was just slightly more impressive. He's not my favorite down to down to down back. Sure. Is he like Zamir White? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of Zamir White all of a sudden. <laughs> eh, kind of like in the sense that he's a, a bit more of a difficult tackle, can hit and like the lane is more clear. I guess it works. Um, if he's able to make that jump cut in the backfield and get outside, it's fantastic. So um, if you got more, more of a more of a home run hitter, but not like a not like a Pierre Strong Jr. where it's like, oh, we're playing you know East Dakota State and the lane's wide open and I run for. 70 yards like no this guy played through some really tough teams um and i think him able to hit that you know that breakaway rate is, is pretty impressive yeah uh the the speed there is definitely impressive i'm i was concerned with him about the fumbling issue mm-hmm. um you know him and Dwayne mcbride uh were two guys where I, I like started to watch them and then i saw how many fumbles that they had in their careers i was like oh, i don't really love that uh yeah. Dwayne mcbride in particular had nine fumbles in his college career which is Wow. It's just not great uh, for somebody who I think he only had like 400 total carries. So um, Zach Evans is something that I'll have to uh, visit later on, I guess. So uh, for me, I have at number eight, uh, Mr. Kendra Miller from TCU. Hmm. And then at number seven, I have Tank Bigsby from Auburn. And then at number six, let me make sure I have my list right. At number six, I have uh, Devon or Devin A-Chain. Um, so, yeah, I haven't watched your number eight or number seven. Um, so tell me about him. Yeah, so Tank Bigsby for me, I think he's a little limited as a, as an athlete. I don't think he's got like that true breakaway speed. But one of the things that I've really come to value from running backs is the ability to create positive plays from negative plays. And mm. that is something that really stands out to me about Tank Bigsby. His offensive line at Auburn this past year was atrocious. And this man was getting defensive tackles in his face on every single run rushing attempt, I felt like. And, you know, he, I don't think he's an elite positive crate, positive play creator, but it is something that really stands out and pops from time to time. And I think with a better offensive line, better system, that is something that would continue to stand out for him. And, his yards after contact per attempt, I think, was sixth in the class. So he, he's good in that regard. Um, not much of a receiving threat, in my opinion. So he, he is more of like a traditional runner. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just like how often he was given just the shittiest hand possible and how often he was able to create positive plays out of that. So um, if he tests well this week, I think that could certainly move him up on the list. But I do think there is some some uh, limitations there. Not to say he's like slow by any means, but I don't think he's necessarily super fast either. Um, Kendra Miller, same kind of thing as Roshan Johnson, where I think he's kind of classified as a bigger back, but I think his best his best attribute is attacking outside zone. Um, he's also kind of a point and shoot running back. I don't think there's a ton of creativity there, mm-hmm. um, but he is somebody that I do think could be an explosive second level runner. Um, you know, we talk all the time about like discount versions, right? Like I'm a big fan of Zach Charbonnet, spoiler alert to me, Kendrick Miller is like the discount version of Zach Charbonnet. So not somebody that's going to mm. light up the world from a testing perspective, but somebody that I think could be a, a pretty 
explosive second level runner in an outside zone scheme. I don't think you want to get him into a, a gap scheme, uh, even though he's kind of bigger. So I think he is somebody you want to get in a system where you can have very clearly defined gaps and say, Hey, like go, this is where you're going to go. This is how you're going to ride the wave. And then you're just going to go attack. And I think that would, that would suit him very well. Okay. Well, I'll have to look into these guys. Achain's the only guy I've watched of those three. Yeah. Who, so go, go ahead. For it. Or, okay. I'll go. Um, so I'll just start with him at five, at least to be able to start talking about him. So I didn't love him. He's the most. He's so light. fast. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, definitely for sure. I just didn't fall in, in love with him. It was just tough to say when I have a player at five, um, but I'm going to have to look through. Ooh, am I, is this kind of messed up? Cause I moved it over on the share screen. Are we good? Uh, you're good. I think you can't see the left numbers, but can you scroll left now a little bit? Yes. There we go. Is that better? Yep. That looks Pretty great. cool. Yeah. So he, he, I just, I don't love him, but I, there's a lot to like about him. And I think if he's able to, you know, if you watch him against like LSU and Biggio Jolari has this great, you know, penetration into the backfield, he's able to, if he can keep his vision, like make that one cut bounce outside uh-huh. um, and he's excellent. And all of his work outside so far that I've watched is excellent. And you talk about his speed and what he can do and how he can break away. That's all really, really great. I'm not saying it's like Kenneth Walker, but I felt like Kenneth Walker was never my like RB1 or RB2 because I just felt like maybe not as great with the down-to-down-to-down stuff. But, you know, you get him that open space. You get him, you know, his vision nice and clean. Um you know, definitely a home run threat. I don't know if he's officially one of the fastest or if he's officially the fastest guy at this group, but it, it would make sense. Um, so I'm really curious how he tests, but he just doesn't do a ton for me in between the tackles. And I felt like for most of this class, I wasn't in love with a lot of these guys work between the tackles. Now that's a really boring, like you don't want to run your offense just like, oh, we're going to pound a block between the tackles and halfback sure. drive. Like you don't want to see that, but there are some guys you do want to be able to see do something like that. So, um, in in my opinion, to be completely honest, I think Spiller Isaiah Spiller's tape in twenty twenty was better. Twenty twenty one, maybe it's a it's a mix. I don't know. Um, maybe he's a better overall uh, all around threat. But I just got some watching him sometimes. Again, a lot of things he does well, but one of the things I don't like about running backs or this quality that I don't like about some running backs is, is contact balance, not just like powering through contact yes. but when you're hit and how you're hit and who hits you really matters to me. And what do you do in those moments and watching, you know, some DB, you know, granted these are great, you know, sec DBs and all that linebackers. And, but like, if you're supposed to be this running back and I really want you to lead my offense, I don't want to see guys that are significantly smaller than you and lighter granted again, great athletes, but it's like the way you get hit and the way you get knocked down that sometimes just it makes me question just a little bit. Um, I'm not, it's it's kind of the same issue I might have had like like Jerome Ford last year, where I felt like yeah. when it came to contact, I just didn't see the playthrough that I, I was hoping for. Not that every guy has to be you know Brandon Jacobs or something or a bust <laughs> or whatever. Like I don't need that, but yeah. I just need to see some you know balance there. Or at least show me that the numbers back that up. And I think in terms of contact, um, it's just kind of average. Like all the numbers are average. The tape is fine, but it's kind of average. 
Um, so to me, it's very, it comes in at number five. Yeah, I think he's a scat back. I think he's a change of pace guy in the mm-hmm. in the NFL. I think he could be a high end change of pace back, but he's so fast and he is he is incredibly well balanced when he's able to have space, right? Like if he's able to say, like, hey, you're just gonna go make this person in the whole miss, then you can do that. And then, you know, if you're not asking him to like break tackles or be physical at the point of attack, like I I think he can be a good good back. So I, I think it is important to figure out what kind of role you're asking these players to be. And a chain's a smaller guy too. So it's not like you're going to be, you know, asking him to, to, you know, uh, hand the ball off to him, you know, 20 times a game, like maybe some of these other backs. So mm-hmm. um, he is an elite kickoff returner. I will say that he's mm-hmm. got tons and tons of production as a kickoff returner. Um, I think he probably, he might be the fastest player at the combine period. Um, oh, you know, wow. he's got legit, like, uh, tr- like 100 meter track speed. I think his best high school time, like, wind aided apparently i don't know what that means but his best track time was like 10.02 in high school which is an insane time for for any high school athlete even if it is wind aided so uh he might be i think he's the favorite to potentially break john ross's 40 time record if i'm not mistaken so he's wow. he's legitimately fast and i think you get him into uh, a creative scheme that can you know, he didn't really do a ton of like jet sweep action at Texas A&M. That would be something I'd be interested in getting him into. And then kickoff returns, you know, tosses, you know, get him in as a pass catcher. So I think there's an, a very effective rollout there for him. It's just not going to be somebody who's, you know, carrying the ball 15, 18 times a game. Yeah, 100%. Let me just fill out the rest of the yeah. four and three. So at four, I have Zach Charbonnet. Um, UCLA and at number three which means you know who number two is I have Jameer Gibbs nice because um, whatever there's always someone nice. back end up <laughs> I uh, can't wait to talk about who you have at number two uh, <laughs> yeah. so he's gonna be at number three for me unfortunately I did not have the the balls to really go there but uh you know it is what it is so number five for me I have Roshan Johnson we kind of mm-hmm. already talked about him uh, number four, I have Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Nice. nice. And then number three is who I have, uh, where I have Ty J Spears from mm-hmm. Tulane. So um, we'll talk about Ty J uh, in a second here. Oops, forgot the S on his name. Um, we both have Zach Charbonnet at number four. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you like about Zach Charbonnet? It's a... Plenty of things to like, and I think this is a really solid all-around player. But what really stood out to me is the receiving ability, and I I don't think he's like the route runner of some of these guys. Like I don't think he's like that. Sure. But there's something to be said about a guy who's just a legit safety blanket for a quarterback, and you could sell several times with some very poor high throw outside throws, very difficult catches. Like he had his to make some legitimate. <laughs> No, um, his quarterback's one heck of a blocker, though, man. Sometimes he would turn the ball <laughs> off and then go run out and block for him. He's super uh, so, fast, too. Yeah. yeah, God bless the quarterback for trying to help out with that, at least. But no, I just I just found and was enamored with his ability to work as an outlet and as a receiving option. Again, not as like a vertical, you know, he's not running a post route there that I saw. Um, he's not doing a whole lot of screen stuff, but just as a safety outlet, be able to catch balls at you know any particular point adjust from there make a guy miss and continue from there that survivability is huge for me and just being able to do something like that i thought really stood out 
Yeah, I think that's a very underrated aspect of his game. I think he's an underrated back in this class in general. Um, you know, obviously watching him go up against Utah over the past couple of years, he's just mm. he's such a tough back to defend because you know, you want to talk about contact balance, you want to talk about yards after contact. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Zach Charbonnet can do. And I think he is one of the one of the few backs in this class that could really thrive in any kind of system. I think his best system would be an outside zone heavy scheme. Yes. Um, you know, he very clearly models his game after Nick Chubb. Um, mm. even like with the way that he like stands in the backfield, it's like, okay, dude, like you could just like <laughs> not make it any more okay. obvious who you who you watch. Yeah. Um, but he's somebody that when he gets rolling, man, he's so tough to tackle. And you know, he he's really good in between the tackles, he's good in outside zone. I think he's very versatile. He's got great vision, great patience. Um, as little concern about his speed. I don't think he has the same kind of speed as some of these other guys in terms mm-hmm. of like truly being a, a home run threat. But in terms of somebody that can give you a, a be a constant like double threat, I think that's Zach Charbonnet, man. I think he could, you know, take any carry for 15 yards, 20 yards, and, and you wouldn't be surprised. So um, I'm a big fan of his. I hated watching Utah go up against him every single time because they always struggled. Yeah, um, he was the one running back they could never really corral in the Pac-12. So mm. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's he's very underrated in this class for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't know. And again, he's four for both of us. There's like I hope there's like one more thing we can find to just kind of like maybe push him a bit higher because I want to find like that one elite thing but overall just like a really solid dude in this class i think he's a really really solid back yeah absolutely so um i'll pencil in my number two and number one here um obviously not very much of a surprise here uh did i spell that right j-a-h-m-y-r is that how you spell it i forget i spelled it on mine so sure okay and then uh obviously Bijan robinson like we talked about number one yeah um I mean, I'll let you talk about Bijan or if I want to talk about Spears, whichever one. So let's talk about Spears here for a second. Thank God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, dude, this is one of the most fun players I can I can ever remember studying because he's just he's a jitterbug. Like he has a lot of the same kind of traits as Devon Aching. But then you watch his contact balance, man, and you watch his ability to run downhill in gap schemes, like. Ty J Spears is one heck of a runner, man. Like I think he, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of other years, like he probably would challenge for the best running back in the class, man. Like he is an elite talent at running back for me. He's got a, a, a high end second round grade. Um, you know, so does Jameer Gibbs. I like Jameer Gibbs a lot uh, as well, but Ty J Spears, man, he can do it all. And he's, he's electric. Like you want to talk about somebody who can truly create positive plays out of anything Mm -hmm. like there were i know it's usc's defense and i know it's like smu's defense right like he didn't play against the sec sure but there were there were there was literally like two plays against usc where like marlon tui pelotu who is a a fine draft prospect and whoever they're like he's like a six eight lanky linebacker it's super weird to me but like the (laughs) two of them would have him cornered in the middle of Mm -hmm. like the b gap tajay spears would just like do some insane move or run somebody over and then he's gone for 35 yards. Like watching yeah. him create positive plays out of plays that should have been negative plays was just so outstanding. I loved watching Ty J Spears. Yeah, and that's really what pushed him ahead of Gibbs for me. And and Gibbs, you know, maybe you can talk about him as well. Sure. Gibbs was an awesome watch too, but watching Spears, it just like 
you just get a guy who just like the hair on your arms kind of stands up and you're just like, <laughs> damn, that was awesome. And again, like I, I seem to be falling in love with players who beat up on USC, whether it's Kincaid or now Spears. You know, <laughs> I, I, and yes, like did Spears play like the, the greatest defenses out there? No. Counterpoint, uh, his offensive line is from Tulane, you know, in his quarter. Right. Like this, it's not like he's playing on Georgia's offensive line. And they're playing, you know, USC or something. No, like this, this wasn't like the greatest team. No offense to them, um, but there's a talent difference there. And just, sure. you know, sure you can worry about him not being and playing the greatest teams, but all you can do is play the guys in front of you. And yeah. man, watching him play, Tajay Spears this past season had f- almost 1,400 yards either after contact or after the catch combined. 1,400 yards. That's that crazy. is insane. And I feel like, you know, 1200 against USC. That poor <laughs> defense couldn't do anything. And what was so uh, cool about the way he runs and something I love that you kind of notice about like a Zay Flowers as well. These guys, like some players just look like they were born with a football in their hands and it was glued to them their entire life. Some guys just like, you know, that they had tile in their house and they were cutting and jumping over tiles and, you know, doing that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you can just tell with the, like, he'll knock guys over and then head into the open field and then just dead leg and make some guy miss and then spin move, make this guy miss. It's like this guy has just, he just looks and acts and plays like a running back. The numbers are fantastic. Um, I mean, he's first in yards after the catch per reception of the 16 that I have second in yards after contact per attempt and second in explosive run rate. So you, you want something after the catch? He's got it. You want something you know after contact? Yeah. He's got it. You want something in terms of you know big explosive runs in the open field? He's got it. Um, I mean, again, like it almost sounds like this guy's my RB one. That's how good Bijan Robinson is. Yeah. But I mean, Spears. Like what I found was, was you know Rashad White was my running back one, but Brees Hall had the same grade as him. What Brees Hall was good at, which I really find is maybe going to be like a key translatable thing to the NFL, is you know, can you work to the BS? Can you sort and get more yards than expected when everything's not working? And some of these guys on this list, like they do require, you know, an open field, getting outside, clear lanes, that sort of thing. Um, And Brees Hall was so good. And it seems like it's translated well to the NFL. It's it's a shame he got hurt, but he was so good at sorting through the crap because that offensive line was not good, but he was able to take a negative four play and then ended up at negative one, which sounded so weird, but I admired that so much about him. And Spears is like that. He can just take something negative and not just get a little bit more, but get a whole heck of a lot more. Um, you know, Gibbs is another very explosive guy as well. But I just think, you know, when they're very even to me, you know, Spears just has a significant edge in terms of contact or after contact, I should say, you know, Gibbs being, I think, 13 out of 16 on this list. Spears just... I'm not saying he has it all. He has a high, like I love him, still a high second round grade. Um, there's maybe a couple things missing here and there. Like I'm really, really curious to see how he tests because if for some reason, like he's able to just test through the roof too, I don't know, man. I'm not saying he's going in round one, but wherever he's currently at, like round three to four, it ain't happening. Like this, this player, <laughs> you know, you can only play who you've got in front of you. He's great against those players. The numbers yeah. are fantastic. He's number one. Um, in our composite rankings, you know, second and explosive run rate, which Arjun said is like one of the most translatable, important things for running back success from college to the NFL. Um, he was great at the senior bowl, apparently 
if he goes out and kills the interviews, kills the combine, like this is a player on the rise. Um, I, I started watching him and I loved him. It no longer feels like I've, it's a, you know, like, oh, it's a great secret. Look at this running back. <laughs> no, like this player, he's really, really good. People are all noticing. Yeah, man. He went down to the senior role and I think was probably the best running back there. So there was the, the first thing that I like really like got me tuning into Ty J Spears was there was that one rep that he had at the senior bowl where he was doing a choice route, right? And the linebacker covered it initially very, very well. And then Ty J Spears, like you said, he just dead legged and he ducked right under that thing, created some elite separation. Like the linebacker was like, Holy shit, what do I do here? <laughs> and that's all over tape, man. Just the way that mm-hmm. he can change directions so quickly, stay on balance and then just hit it. There's that one play that everybody has has seen, like the, the famous one I want to say was against, maybe it was SMU, I can't remember where, like like he initially breaks some tackles, like he's, he sits through the traffic, like you said, then he gets to the second level, and then he like mini hurdles somebody, and then like yeah. instantly cuts back and goes for a touchdown. Like that change of direction, that balance I, is so crazy to me to, to look at somebody, and he's not the biggest guy, right? But like, mm-hmm. he's like a... To me, he's almost like a jitterbuggy version of Javante Williams. And I love Javante Williams mm-hmm. because of his balance, because of his ability after contact. Mm-hmm. And I think Ty J. Spears is like a smaller, faster version of that. And so he's somebody that I think is is gonna really outperform his draft stock. And you know, yeah. there's there's some talk of of I think he like tore his ACL or something like in 2020, mm. which is maybe why people are a little bit concerned about him. Um, you know maybe having some poor medical history. I guess we'll find out this week really where that stands, but uh, man, he was a fun watch. Yeah. A lot of fun. So we did talk about uh, B. John Robinson a little bit. I don't want to make it seem like neither of us really like Jameer Gibbs. Cause I think Jameer Gibbs <laughs> is a really fun player. He is. Um, I think to me, he's like the perfect like 2023 RB one B. Like, I don't think he's ever mm. truly like going to be an RB one. Like, I don't think he's, Somebody who, again, he's, I don't think he's somebody you want to hand the ball off to 20 times, but um, they use they use him so frequently as a receiver, like on his own, like like go split out into the slot, go out wide. We're going to use you in jet motion as well. So um, he's somebody I think is a very fun playmaker. Like you mentioned, the lack of ability after contact is a concern. I don't think mm-hmm. you really want him in an inside zone scheme in a gap scheme. I think you probably like you're looking at an outside zone dependent player. So maybe I have him graded a little too highly because of that. I don't think he's a, a scheme proof player, but mm. um, man, his work as a pass catcher is, is incredible. And I think mm-hmm. that really gives him a very high floor, which to me is enough to have him over Charbonnet. It's enough to have him. Um, I might change Ty J Spears after talking about him for so long, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think Gibbs is, has a very high floor because of his ability as a receiver. Yeah, no, he he really really does. There's there's a ton of balance when it comes to Gibbs, and you know you can feel better about where he played. And if you just you know if guys have two equal grades, you go for the one who had to play at Alabama, um, but a legit receiving option at different points. Um, great numbers overall, number four in our composite ranking. Uh, a really, really solid player. I think even more than Spears. I think Spears, I do like, like I do, I ranked him higher. I do like him more. I think he's can be, you know, as equally good a running back in the NFL. But Gibbs does have that ceiling potential to him just as a, 
I'm really curious how he tests as well because he just seems like a, a more advanced, um, not prototype at the position, but a more advanced athlete. And just, a, I mean, again, these guys are Alabama. I'm sure he was some five-star recruit from some state. Uh, really, really solid player. Again, it really just came down to the contact and it came down to sort of that on film and the numbers. But Gibbs is awesome. Like, I really think these first four guys, like, okay, well, Bijan's in his own tier, but I really feel like Spears, Gibbs, and Charbonnet are really like, in a really, really solid tier of their own. No, I would agree with that as well. You know, if you're tiering these players, I, I think that you have a really nice second round group with Gibbs, Spears, and Charbonnet for sure. Um, Roshan Johnson, Aching, and I don't know if I like Bigsby enough to put him in a third round tier. Would probably put him and Miller and McIntosh more day three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess this running back group overall doesn't have the depth that maybe last year's did. But mm-hmm. I think the top of this running back class is is significantly better than last year's, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, Bijan, well, yes. I'm gonna go look yeah. at last year's actually. Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a first round grade <laughs> on anyone last year. I do with Bijan this year. Um, Spears, I love. I would have Rashad White over him. I think I'd have Brees Hall. Hmm. It's so hard to say because I just watched Spears. And it's been a while since I watched Hall. But they're in pretty similar categories for me. I think looking also, I was looking at the 2022 composite rankings and, and one that really stood out to me, which I remember is kind of funny because I had him over Jerome Ford, um, was Tyler Algier. And I think one thing that really stood out from his numbers and what Joshua Kelly has said on our show before as being like the number one thing they, they look at to evaluate running backs is that yards after contact average. So, you know, sure. looking at some of these guys, um, let's see, the number one guy in that department is Dwayne McBride although he's at UAB um, then Spears Roshan Johnson uh, Bijan Robinson of course Tank Bigsby Zach Charbonnet you know like all these guys that are you know uh, those are the guys I would really focus on in the draft if push came to shove yeah absolutely I think it's you know it's a lot like yards per route run from a receiver's perspective it's definitely yeah. a, a key statistic so Last year, obviously, I, you know, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and Damian Pierce, I felt like were all, you know, very high second round grades. So, yeah, maybe that kind of rivals this year's class. But I mean, last year's class, you had James Cook, you had Rashad White. I really liked Keontae Ingram. You had Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. um, obviously, Isaiah Spiller. You had Zemir White, Kyron Williams, um, Ty Chandler. So, I feel like last year had more really solid, like end of day two, early day three running backs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't watch Tyler Algier like you, like you did. Um, but I, I think this year's top, I mean, with Bijan, it's, it's hard to, hard to go wrong. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, that's going to do it for our, uh, running back rankings video there. Um, so let us know what you guys think. Let us know. Uh, I, I know we have a lot of USC listeners. I'm, I apologize if this turned into uh, some uh, PTSD for you, but um, you know, a lot of uh, fun backs in this class. Tyler, any uh, final thoughts before we head out? No, I mean, I, I just really, I do like watching these running backs, and I can't wait to figure out which one runs a nice good old four seven forty, um, so I can start <laughs> mocking him to the Chargers. Oh my gosh! If they draft another slow back, I'm gonna have <laughs> my head against the wall. But uh, no, this is a really fun group for sure. Um, definitely some some good talent to uh, take advantage of. So, 
Um, we'll see what happens here. We might be crossing a milestone this for this episode. Uh, we might hit 2 million views after this. So uh, it's been a, a pretty crazy ride for, for the show, obviously. We'll have mm-hmm. potentially some exciting news in the works as well. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. If this is the, the show that uh, hits us across 2,000 or 2 million views, we'll let you know. But uh, if not, we'll have we'll uh, potentially be doing a, a Q&A episode this week to maybe push it over the edge. So I uh, appreciate all of the support here from all you guys. It's been a, a, a great start to the offseason and excited to see where we go from here. Any other thoughts there, Tyler? Sorry, I, I know oh. it's kind of weird because I was like wrapping it up or not, but I didn't know if you wanted to add anything. Uh, uh, before the show started, it was 1,999,818 views. Um, so, you know, just hit like a couple times and refresh for a few hours and suddenly we'll hit 2 million. There we go. There we go. Appreciate all of that. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon for our next show on Sunday evening.